edition of the cover one bills podcast we're bringing this uh cover one team back talking about the bills uh i'm your host tonight aaron quinn and uh the guy that needs no introduction as all bills fans know my co-host here nate geary how you doing tonight nate i'm doing well i just got done eating and which is nice that uh, on the radio i can't really say that i was just at chefs eating delicious chefs Uh, delicious chefs but now i can do that because you know, we don't. Well, have we're going to send them a bill. Sponsors, too. right? Right. Yeah, we don't have to worry about corporate sponsors. But yeah, no, I'm doing well. Uh, this week, this it, it's been a long week. Uh, yeah. But you know, the last couple of weeks running into the draft are always the uh, are always the longest. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome time. I'm glad we're launching right now to give us a couple mm-hmm. weeks here to talk about the draft stuff. Um, if people follow Cover One, you know we've been talking about it as far as our content goes, uh, putting it out there. We're happy to have Nate back here in the fold doing some breakdowns with Eric. So go check that stuff out at CoverOne.net. Um, and if you don't know, before we get into it tonight, we are up on iTunes already. So go ahead and, and like, subscribe, follow, give us those nice reviews over on iTunes because uh, we're going to be doing, bringing you guys weekly content. Eric couldn't be with us tonight, but he's going to be jumping in here uh, when we can pull him out of the film room from time to time uh, and get him in here with our chat and stuff. Since we're running a little late tonight, let's get right into the show here. Um, Let's talk about first kind of a blindsided news this week. I thought we were just going to be talking about quarterbacks and finding the franchise guy, but uh, Richie Incognito, um, some confusing news early in the day that day, whether or not he was retiring or leveraging, looks like he is retiring. Um, What are your thoughts on that, man? What's going on with Richie and that one, it hurt actually because, you know, Richie's it's my favorite player. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, the, you know, the emotional side of it, the fan side of it is it sucks because you like Richie Incognito. He's a fun guy to cheer for. Uh, very vocal in the community, does a lot of stuff with the community. I, everybody really likes Richie. I kind of, I, I think there has been a sense that he's really, really reformed himself uh, since kind of his sketchy past. And I actually, I, I, I really kind of, uh, I guess I understood where a lot of people's, you know, criticism of this move from him come. Like, did you, he should have done this a couple of months ago or right after the season, or at least give this team time to find his replacement before all the good free agents are, you know, dried up, which is a totally good point. You know, I also think there is a sense and I, and I kind of agreed with sale on this is there's a little sense, at least to me anyways, that does seem like maybe he's forgotten that the bills were the only team that really kind of gave him an opportunity. And I understand, you know, him having to take a pay cut. He says it's not anything to do with it. It, it has something to do with it. Right. So I don't know. It, it's one of those situations where he's a very likable player inside, outside the locker room. Um, big loss. I think maybe though bigger loss on the field, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and I, I kind of hear what you're saying, what Sal's saying a little bit there too. Um, I try to pull my fan hat off a little bit and remember that teams don't hesitate to cut guys uh, and, and cut them when it's tough time to find a team. Uh, and it's a business at the end of the day. And if it is really about health, um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of fans making comments to Richie on Twitter and I think, you know, I get the fan side of it, but people need to give the guy some space a little bit and yeah. let, allow him, if it is a health issue, you know, that, that comes first. There's a long life for these guys after the game. And if he's got to get his health right, I get it. Go do your thing, man. Um, definitely hurts. He's, he's a guy that I have his Jersey, big Richie fan. I, yeah. I love watching him slam guys into the ground. Uh, so I'm going to miss the game at a pretty remarkably high level yeah. for his age too. 
Absolutely. And he loves playing it when he's out there. And yeah. I think, you know, he's given his all to the, to the bills in this, this city. So I've got nothing against him for, yep. for taking what he has to do to go do that. Um, I think the thing that I'm interested in now is the ripple effect, right? Um, there's people talking how it's maybe affects the draft plans, which mm-hmm. I, I don't see that um, as much as he's a great player. And, and I think it's an important position with interior rushing uh, affecting quarterbacks. Now I, I don't see it affecting the draft plan, right? This is a plan mm-hmm. that they've had in place for over a year now is Richie's leaving really impacted that much. I don't think it's impacted anybody inside the organization. I, I don't think it really makes them even blink an eye. Uh, here's the thing. I, the, the, you mentioned it. The plan has really always been the reason they made those trades, the reason you, um, you know, you move on from a guy like, and, and, and honestly, I go back to last year too. I'm surprised they didn't go for more compensatory picks because they had the opportunity to, by cutting a couple guys to get another pick or add another pick. But the reason that they made the trades, they did trading Cordy Glenn and moving up in the first round and, um, obviously trading that pick last year and getting a, another first-round pick this year. It was all in the culmination of eventually the end goal was to this year draft a quarterback. And now it sort of seems like people are getting cold feet. People are saying, well, there's too many holes now. We have to fill this roster. We have to do this. We have to fill a guard. With the... and, and I understand all those points. And there is an argument to be made that you don't build a team by having a crappy team and a great quarterback or a young quarterback that you're grooming to be a franchise quarterback. But the – argument can be made equally the same on the other side. So uh, we sit at sort of a crossroads, I think, as a fan base. I don't think the organization, though, is at a crossroads. I think they're very focused on finding and evaluating who the next quarterback is going to be. I believe I don't have insider information on this. I have a a gut feeling. I I have a feeling that their intention is to get to the number two pick, and they're going to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, and I do have this other gut feeling and I know you're not going to like it and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this in, in, in further episodes too, is I, I think it's for Josh Allen. I, I, I think that they like Josh Allen. I think they like what he has raw ability wise. Um, I've grown to like him a little bit more, but the, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is in this draft. If they feel that Josh Allen's the best quarterback in this draft and they trade up to number two to go get him, I'm going to have trust in it. Um, until I'm proven this regime, in my opinion, hasn't given me, you or anybody, um, a real reason to not trust them. So, uh, I think we have, I think this is the ultimate test of trust. Yeah, absolutely. As far as the Richie effects go on the roster, you know, I don't know that, uh, I think I posed this question in the cover one, uh, Slack chat earlier too, that is there really, you know, people have talked about not just Richie, but Cordy leaving Eric Wood leaving and now Richie leaving as a, you know, Mm. combined loss on the offensive line. Obviously Cordy didn't play last year. So I'm not really concerned about that. I thought Dawkins did fine. Mm. I'm expecting growth in his second year. Um, Eric Wood, as much as I love the guy on the field, uh, off the field as a leader and all he's done for the uh, community, I'm not really sure that I thought he was a good player. I think his place slid over the past two to three seasons. Obviously, he was injured. Um, so I don't see that as a significant loss in the way maybe a lot of fans do. And, and while Richie's a loss, he wasn't going to be here more than a year anyway. So get a young guy the reps. I think John Miller maybe is going to be able to step in and get some reps now. So I don't even know that there's that significant of a drop-off, you know, with Groy and Miller in those positions. Obviously, there is a drop-off, but how deep is that? Yeah, sure. I I mean, would they like to be in a situation where they could take the best guard in this draft, Quentin Nelson? I think they would love that. I think a lot of teams would love that. The idea that they're now focused on now or trying to um, maybe not move up all the way for a quarterback, but to take a guard or to take a a, a lineman in, in the first round and maybe stay put. 
Um, I don't think that Richie Incognito, a one-year player like you mentioned, um, has any sort of weight or bearing on what it is this team, this organization has set out to do all the way last year when Brandon Bean took over. And even before that, when the groundwork was laid um, by Sean McDermott and at the time, Doug Whaley. So uh, an offensive lineman, although I don't want to make it sound like I'm minimizing the position or the player or the impact of the player, but what I am doing is minimizing it in the context that this organization has from the start decided quarterback first, then we'll build the rest out. Richie Incognito can be replaced if it's not this year, it'll be next year when the team has nearly $80 million in cap space available. They don't have that this year. They can't go out and pay the best guard. They didn't. Um, he went to – where did he end up going? The kid from uh, Norwell, right? Where did he end up going? Yeah, and, uh, he, went, yeah. he went somewhere. But somebody paid him a ridiculous amount of money. That'll be the Bills right. next year. But the Bills weren't in a position to do that this year. Richie hurts them because I think he was a good bridge player in the middle and a good veteran. But, again, it, this is an, an interior offensive lineman. I don't want to say they're a diamond dozen because they're not. But at the same time, they have replacement level players currently on the roster that can fill in place. But it's my concern now goes if one of those players gets hurt, sure. the drop off you're getting now from a guy like Bodine, Groy, or Miller, or Ducasse to whatever is underneath them, would whatever be journey, I'm man. That's yeah. where, that's where I'd be concerned. There's some guys out there in free agency. We don't have to get into that tonight. I've always thought though that even uh, I agree with you that the draft has always been about quarterback, and the mission is still quarterback. This is a mm-hmm. team that uh, a front office that's laser focused. They were laser focused throughout free agency. They didn't come off their spots on the things that they were wanting and the values that they associated to them. So I think they're taking that approach into the draft. They're not going to be swayed. But I think part of the draft plan has always been to try to address some of the either the depth of offensive yeah. line or, or get some guys in there for the offensive line, whether that's in later rounds or whatever it is, I, I think they will address it throughout the draft. Yeah. And the other thing I worry about too, is how many picks is it going to take you to get to number two? And uh, is it going to take you six? I heard, like six. I heard six today as well yeah. uh, by Ian Kenyon. And I wasn't super thrilled about that. That's not going to be all six picks. Uh, but what I think you're seeing is probably a combination of one or two picks next year. Um, yeah. Do they have to move that first round pick next year? Because if they do, man, it starts to get really, really cost where it's just very, very high in cost for me because yeah. I think with the roster they have, and if they are going to trade up, they're not going to have a ton of uh, ability to fill a lot of holes this year. Right. I, and I said this last year and, it, and I was snake bitten by it, but they've taken a step back talent wise from last year's roster. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'll be interested to see. I, Good coaching got them through last year, I think, at times. Can it get this roster over the hump? I don't know. But I, I, I think that, the, like we talked about, this has really been the, uh, the sole focus of this organization. And, and, and losing Richie Incognito, although, like we said, very productive, especially at his age, losing him, he wasn't a guy that was a Deion Dawkins. You lose a Deion Dawkins, then you're talking about, holy cow, what are we going to do? You yeah, know what I'm saying? This, this, this loss, because of the long-term or, or lack of long-term ramifications, I think this is a move that – it sucks in the in the you know interim, but I think we'll be fine in the long run. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, and and like I said earlier, he's a one year guy, so uh, the impact isn't as deep as maybe the emotional feeling of it right. is right now. Yep. So, yep. kind of along the lines of the thing you were talking about here, let's get get into that. Cause so, uh, rumors were circulating around Twitter. It's been rumors that have been flowing around for the last two months about the Gettleman Bean connection and, and a trade being worked out over the last few months. And somebody had uh, stated Eric did a, a post about it over at Cover You can check out, uh, but that there was. Uh, People that they're talking to, I think was the quote, people I've been talking to have said that a a trade is in place. Whether or not it happens is yet to be seen, but the trade's in place and somebody was hearing that it could possibly be six picks. And then then people are also connecting, you know, Josh Allen to that number two spot. So 
Are you buying this rumor? I mean, I think that they have talked to everybody in the top 10 and have saw a plethora of different trade scenarios yeah. in place. Is this one more significant? I would say so. I, I, it's the most expensive. It's the most, um, I think, potential for your boom. Uh, but you also leave yourself available for the bust potential. Sure. Um, but I still think you have the bust potential anywhere you stand. I think once you get to number two and you're talking about taking the second best, in your opinion, it has to be the second best player in this draft. And they, to me, it can't be the second best quarterback. You have to have, if you're Brandon Bean, if you're Sean McDermott, and you're trading up to number two, whether it's for Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, or Baker Mayfield, they have to believe that that guy is either the best or the second best guy available in the draft. I'm not interested in and then trading six picks for the second best quarterback. He needs to be the second best player in this draft. And I think if they can identify that player, um, whether that's Josh Allen, I'm not sure. I know, and and, and they were talking about it in SPN. Schefter was talking about how one GM said he really loved Baker Mayfield. He's the far and away number one quarterback in this draft. It's uncon- it's uncontested. Then the next guy said he'd never he'd never draft that blank and jerk or whatever it was, you know, like, and, and it's just like, okay, that's how it is with, it's like 50, 50 down the middle for all these quarterbacks, all of them. Some GMs are going to say, this guy's a franchise quarterback. Others are going to say, I'm not touching him. And it's all going to be about philosophy and what you value. And I think what we know, at least what Brandon Bean has said, he's valued is arm strength, things that he can't teach. And Josh Allen really kind of fits the bill on that. But there's been talk that I mean, two weeks ago, AQ, I mean, what were we talking about? We were talking about how much they liked Baker Mayfield. And Jeremy was saying his boy, his his source, says that Mayfield's the guy they're going after. And then before that, it was, well, Galco says Rosen. And then before that, it was Albright says Allen. So, you know, there is this sort of circus that goes around in the next few weeks here, the next coming days. We get down to 10 days. Some of the things you're going to start to hear are going to have, there's going to be tangible things you'll hear, things that are are real. And I think that's what we have to wait for. I think last year you started to hear the rumblings that Chicago was really in on Trubisky, that Chicago really likes Trubisky. They might try to make a play up. They might try to do something. They only had to move up one pick. But the I, I think the same thing is going to go for, I think we're going to get an idea of who the Browns want, and that's going to really set the domino effect. I said this really from the start. If Josh Allen goes one, I think that has very, very bad ramifications for the Bills. But yeah, maybe not I, for Bills fans. But maybe not for, for Bills, Bills fans. I, you know, here's my thing with the the um, information coming out about who the Bills want. Uh, it started around the Senior Bowl that they're high on. Uh, not really my guy, but my guy Rudolph. Uh, that they're high on him, and so it's really gone through those whole top five to six quarterbacks. We've heard mm-hmm. they, are, they like all of them. Uh, I have a tough time with. Uh, we don't have a lot of history on this front office and this regime, but I have a tough time thinking that leaks of that the biggest decision that this team has been, you know, set forth to make that that information is getting out to the public in any way with any legitimacy. So I just have a hard time thinking that they're that high on any one guy that they're just gushing over him in league meetings and letting that stuff out. These guys just seem too close to the vest for that information to get out there. So that's why I'm a little skeptical over when I hear, you know, the bills are all in on X quarterback uh, because we've seen signings come out of the, you know, the bills are announcing signings. That's never happened before. It's always been leaked. Um, so, right. you know, what do you, what do you make of that? Is it, you know, we're in the lying season. So yeah. um, should we buy too much on that? That they love Josh Allen, or do you think it's really a good a fit for what Bean has said he's looking for? Well, I, I think what you, the latter you just said about Bean and in, in, in sort of what he says he covets, but I, I think, 
until he's really proven wrong. I mean, uh, my buddy Ben Albright really kind of has been spot on in a lot of not only this this year's draft process, but last year's and over the summer and sort of where a lot of guys were going to end up falling in free agency. He was really on top of it. And really, from the start, he's maintained the Bills' interest in Josh Allen. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, some guy was working for the Bills, supposedly posted a picture of the conference room that – just so happened to have the top five quarterbacks ranked on the dry erase board, which I didn't see that. Y'all oh, you was... didn't see that? Uh, I oh, that man. One. Yeah, some some guy, and then he tweeted out a picture. So some guy uh, was in a bar with two other Bills fans, and he supposedly had a Bills badge and, and showed him this picture and sent him this picture. And then they took a, a picture with the guy with his Bills badge. That guy's fired for sure. Yeah. For sure, that guy's fired. But that's neither here nor there. Although, and, and I will say, Josh Allen was number one. He was the he was the top quarterback on that on that guy's whiteboard list. Um, but yeah, I I'd also have a hard time, Aaron. I think you're totally right. I have a hard time believing that anything you hear about the Bills has any sort of um, you know weight. Uh, I just I, I think we, what we've seen throughout since Brandon Beats take over, even before that, before McDermott, it's a tight ship. You don't hear anything getting leaked. You don't hear about it. You didn't hear about anything really to do about Eric Wood until it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't hear about um, stuff that's in the news anymore until the team wants it released. So you're right. I I would say the latter is true there that based on what we know of what Brandon um, Bean covets at the quarterback position, that big, strong arm quarterback. I mean, that's Josh Allen and Josh, what they'd be hoping for is Josh Allen's arm strength can overcome some of the other shortcomings of his game. Yeah, maybe uh, they can hide that in the offense a little bit too with his athleticism. I don't know. He does. He gives me a little, I, and it's not because he's a small school guy that I'm thinking. Is, he does have a little bit of Wentz in him. That's really what it reminds. He 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 does a little bit, although but, he didn't have um, sort of the success at the college level that Carson Wentz sure. did. Um, I just think I, I when I see them play, when I see them throw the football, and how they manufacture drives. those two, they have a lot of similarities to me. Here's my concern there. And we'll get into diving into these QBs a little bit more here in this next segment. But here's my biggest concern when you say that is my concern is that people are looking for the next wins and that they may force that. Uh, And that's what I'm worried about. Cause sometimes these GMs and scouts as great as they are at their jobs, they're, they're looking for that next diamond in the rough, that guy that's going to be, I mean, everybody wants Carson Wentz now, right? Um, So that's my concern there with the small school guy in that comparison. Um, But speaking of whiteboards, rankings, Mm. all that stuff, give it to me. What is your Nate Geary's top five quarterbacks? Uh, You can go from one to five, five to one. I don't care. Just just give it to me in order. Where are you at? Not the Bills. Where's yours at? So I'm going to pull it up right now. I did my – I did my rankings. And uh, last year I did them on cover1.net. I probably, I feel like I should probably put this together after I reveal it now. I might as well put my list together, right? Um, So I guess we'll go from five. Um, And I think, I think you're going to like this. Uh, It, it, this has changed for me over the past few weeks, Um, but I'm putting uh, Mason Rudolph as my QB five. All right. Um, I'm going to have infected your brain. You did a little bit. And not only that, but uh, a lot of the things that I've I've started to learn and and, and read about him off the field um, remind me, and and this is, you know, Bill's centric. I'm I'm looking at this from the Bill's point of view in terms of who I would look for in in terms of fit and everything that we know about what the Bills want. So QB five, Mason Rudolph, that's where I'm thinking that goes right now. QB four, I've got Josh Allen. Um, 
some people might think that's too high. Some people think that might think that's too low. That he's he's the best quarterback or the second best quarterback. Right? That's where I sort of sit on him. QB three, Sam Darnold, uh, who another guy who you might say eh, he's probably QB one. He looked really good in his pro day. Everything else like that. I agree. He has maybe more than anybody, maybe outside of Allen, has the highest ceiling potential. He's got a ton of untapped potential. His hitch scares the hell out of me. It scares the absolute daylights out of me. Um, and I, and I think and I don't know that he can fix his turnover problem in the pros. So those those are two things that really that that knock back Darnold. I think though in terms of talent, he's right there with Josh Rosen as the most talented pure passers in the draft. QB two, Baker Mayfield. Um, I really at part of me wants to put him at QB one, um, but I just think in terms of my QB one, Josh Rosen is by far the purest passer in this draft. The purest passer since Andrew Luck to come in. Um, a guy that manipulates defenses with his brain, with his eyes, with his motions before, you know, like he does things outside of just throwing a really beautiful ball. Um, he has played with a terrible offense, um, really no good NFL talent around him to speak of. Defensively, they ranked last year 117th in the nation against uh, in points per game, over 36 points per game their defense gave up last year. So he's playing a ton from behind. He was asked to do a hell of a lot more than I think he was supposed to be, especially early on his freshman year. Gets hurt his sophomore year. Josh Rosen's my QB1. Baker Bayfield's my QB2. I would, in a perfect world, if you, the Bills could figure out a way to land either one of those players, I'd feel really, really good about it. But that's kind of where my, my top five. And, and and I would maybe say my five, my QB5 is, is, is Rudolph and Jackson. I think they're right there. Jackson, obviously, it brings something that none of these quarterbacks bring, and that's that, that lightning rod uh, ability. But – that's kind of where I sit uh, with my top yeah. five. Actually, man, ours are pretty close. If uh, if you had asked me today, I've switched a little bit uh, to where I was, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, I'll go uh, same thing, five to one here with you. Uh, I got Rudolph at five. I've had him at five for a little while here, uh, and I've got Lamar Jackson right there. I have those guys really closely, mm-hmm. great in my mind. They're kind of tied at four A, four B uh, for me. Those two, uh, and then I'm the same. Uh, three through one. I got Darnold mm-hmm. Mayfield and, and Rosen as well. And so I was surprised to hear you say that. Cause I think a lot of people thought I was a little crazy for putting Mayfield ahead. Um, I just think Mayfield's got that extra intangible, uh, mm-hmm. which you, you know, he's got all the stats PFS F has him rated as one of the best guys out there, but he's also got the extra intangible level. Uh, you heard, uh, Hugh Jackson talking about, you know, guys just want to follow him. I just don't know that I see that in Darnold. I think he's trying to portray that here throughout his process and, Mm -hmm. you know, going out to throw for guys. I I don't know that it's authentic or not. With Baker Mayfield, it's super authentic. Yeah. He is who he is. And it could go wrong. Baker Mayfield's one of those guys that doesn't have to do that. Yeah. He naturally, he naturally draws people to him. Right. And I think if you're talking about veterans, and and that's the one thing is you worry about your quarterback going into a locker room and demanding the respect of veterans right away. I think Baker Mayfield walks in that and he's got the respect of those veterans just because they know what he's about. Here's the thing too with Mayfield. Um, I do believe there's a portion of GMs in this league who think he's the best top number one quarterback in this draft. I think most years, if he wasn't five foot eleven, six feet, if he was six two, six three, he'd be the number one quarterback in this draft. There's no question. His stats are off the charts. The thing that I love Baker about Baker Mayfield the most, which you can check out a piece that I'll have up on Friday at WGR550.com, is um, the platforms that he throws off. He reminds me a lot of Matthew Stafford without being as big or as strong-armed as right. Matthew Stafford. But the way that he throws kind of like he's facing forward and throws sidearm, it just – 
the ways and the angles and the platforms that he's able to manipulate, that to me make him one of those top guys. Darnold, there's a lot to say about Darnold. I, I, I did my podcast, Intentional Scouting, at WGR, and I forget who I had on. It's going to bother me. Maybe it was, was it Joe Moreno? Maybe it was Joe Moreno, or maybe it was like Connor Rogers. But I had somebody do Darnold and basically said, he's my, maybe it was Ledger. I think it was Ledger. Ledger told me he's like his QB4. Mm-hmm. Like he just felt I, – I don't want to quote Ledger if it wasn't Ledger, but it was one of those guys we had. The, and, and we were all sort of in agreement where I kind of went into that podcast thinking he's QB1, and I left thinking he's kind of QB4. Right. So you just don't and, – and, but how many of these guys can you cycle through and say the exact same thing about? You know, it's – this year is – I think there is a lot of talent there, but there's a lot of drawbacks, and it's about which team finds the guy with the highest ceiling that can convert it. Yeah, and somebody said earlier uh, when we were talking about QBs, uh, when we were talking about Richie, that uh, – I'm scrolling up to the chat. I don't see it, but that uh, all the QBs in this class have flaws, and I agree with that 100%. Even Rosen, who I'm super high on, and I love There's no question he has flaws, yeah. Yeah, he's got flaws, and he's got some concerns that I see. Uh, Nobody's a surefire thing, and that, you know, kind of back to the Giants trade and things. I I know they got to get that guy, but it starts – it does start to scare me, and like you said, people are getting a little bit of cold feet. Starts to really scare me when you're starting to talk about six picks for a guy that you know has flaws and and whether or not those flaws can be corrected at the next level or masked at the next level. Uh, That's a lot of, you know, uh, a future uh, of this organization that you're giving up when here's my thing. And this is kind of where I'm getting trumpeted as a guy that um, Rudolph's my guy is my fifth quarterback. But I think there's a I'm associating value to where they got to get to to get these guys and how how big is the graded separation you know between one and five I think between one and five it's big but I think between three yeah. and five it's not right. that you're big. getting you're getting much closer there's no doubt about that yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know I I come to a a place where I I think in terms of as long as they get one I feel like I feel like I'm going to be happy yeah. Um, if, if, if they stay at 12 and they take Lamar Jackson, they stay at 12 and take Mason Rudolph. If they stay at 12 and take Roquan Smith or they, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they take one of these top guys. All right. Like as long as they figure out a way. Twitter will burn, but. Twitter will burn. Um, <laughs> but if they find a way, I, I fully expect though, I, and, and, and I've really sort of felt this from the beginning, they're going to trade at number two. Uh, yeah. if they could get to number one, they do it. That's that's how that's how uh, the conviction I feel like they are working with right now and trying to um, do something that this franchise has had one of a franchise quarterback and they haven't had any other ones. And you look at some of these organizations, you look at the Colts, they go back to back. You look at the Green Bay Packers, they go back to back. The Bills haven't been able to figure it out. And, And I think they came in here and I think Brandon Bean saw how did the Carolina Panthers go from being a team that was sort of an afterthought after their Super Bowl with Steve Smith and Jake DeLome and that great defense, they became an afterthought. They were a bad football team. Jimmy, Remember the Jimmy Clausen years, the Matt Moore's right. years? They were terrible. What turned them around was that one year they got a great quarterback at the top of the draft, and then they started building on the defense around him, and they, set, they put good players around him. And I think that he's going to use a lot of how they built Carolina with how they're going to build the Bills. Yeah, and I'm all for it. And and here's where I've been at with a lot of the fans is even though I have Josh Allen as my sixth guy, and I particularly don't want him. The the stuff that uh, are his flaws really terrify me, and I'm not sure they get corrected at the next level. From what I've seen, I haven't been able to be convinced that they do. Uh, where some of the other flaws that guys have, I, I do think can easily be corrected. Uh, 
reason. I love what they put together, so I'm not using to not trust them so far. So, and at the end of the day, I'm a fan. I'm gonna buy whatever bridge of BS they sell me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm gonna get excited in August and, and want to see what's going on. So, even if it is Allen, I gotta trust in their process. I mean, these are methodical guys. They yeah. are. They have good scouts in that organization. So, if they're seeing something I'm not, I mean, I'm just a fan at the end of the day. But uh, I, I, it's hard for me to swallow right now as we're getting closer. I'm getting nervous that everyone is hearing yeah. these rumors about that amount of picks to go up and get right. a guy that I think is the sixth best um and, right. and that a lot of draft twitter uh, it's not just me the you know the draft twitter guys are not big on on allen right. so it, what's the disconnect between the draft twitter guys and the uh the pros because when i turn on nfl network they're talking about it's prototypes you you try to go with guys you can get and i always go back to this is it's um qualities you can't teach and that's where he excels and the other guys don't um uh, is he has arm strength he can't teach He's got the ability to move around and throw on the run like you can't teach. Um, those are things that the size, obviously, that you can't teach the hand size, um, things that you can do with those sort of intangibles. So that's where the disconnect is, is a lot of people see his low completion percentage. And I'm brought back to, I think it was Dan Orlovsky the other day was talking about to for Josh Allen's completion percentage to be over 60%, he would have had to complete 26 more balls, which is a little bit over, what, two per game. So, right. So if he has two more completions per game, if he can turn two of those completions into completions, he's a, he's a above 60% passer. And when you put it in context like that, you think, all right, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe there's gotta be two plays in the game where he can take back and and improve on and be better. And his his senior year, they pulled him back a little bit uh, as far as what they let him do in the passing game, which I don't know why that was. I don't know if they were trying to protect him in his draft stock or, or what the reasoning was for that. Cause I think if he came out in his junior year, we'd have a lot less questions. I think I'd agree. Yeah. About him. Um, yep, I agree. To the point though, that you're making here about the, the completion, completion percentage. I don't know if this is true. Um, I forget where I heard it. I saw somewhere that with college players, completion percentages in the first couple of years, you can expect a drop by a couple uh, percentage points uh, and completion percentage from the college level to the NFL. So yeah, he, under, <laughs> you know, yeah. under 60, you start getting into, is he going to be thrown in the 55, 56 complete? It's not where you want to be. That is not where you want to be. Granted, I don't think the bills are going to be very good this coming season. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm probably going to get killed for that next November. Yeah. I hope so. I hope, I hope people come back to me and say, you're an idiot. Uh, I, I <laughs> take it with open arms. Last year I yeah. said they were going to be worse than the Browns. And I'm right. like, give it to me. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, but uh, I would hate to see that for a rookie quarterback come in yeah. and be that low completion. So I'm hoping that you're right that, you know, if you add a couple more plays in there for him, that he can boost that up. Um, one thing I want to talk about and that we get so caught up in this early portion of the draft and all that. Uh, what were some of the sleeper QBs outside of your top five, outside of the, you know, that five, six guys that you think, you know, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a guy, whether it's five and beyond that is going to be competing for one of the best quarterbacks in this class. I don't know which one it is, but I think when all the dust settles in a few years, we're going to be like, man, everyone was so high on these six and they totally missed X quarterback. So what are some of your sleepers? I really like Kyle Oletta, um, and he's not very far outside of that top five either. Um, he doesn't really have that elite arm strength. I, I don't even really think he's got good arm strength. Like it's, it is capable arm strength. It's it's Nate Peterman territory. Um, but he is such a nuanced passer. I loved uh, what I saw from him on film. He's going to be a darling. He's going to be. He's going to go higher than I think a lot of people um, suspect. I, I know in the mock draft I did. 
we did a live mock draft for Rochester Sports Network, and we it, he went in the first round to the Saints. That's not totally out of the, out of the ballpark, to no. be honest with you. I, I don't think so. I think I think especially if the if there's a run on quarterbacks early, that there might be a quarterback. Not a lot of people have been talking about might get uh, sifted into the first round, especially if let's say Mason Rudolph goes by twelve by 13 and then all of a sudden there's a team that moves up to get to get Lamar Jackson at 20 um at the end of that first round I don't know a team might feel scared off that they have to take a quarterback if they really want one um so Laletta is a guy that I really like uh Riley Ferguson the quarterback from Memphis is another guy that I like uh sort of uh, one of those guys that I think really spreads the ball around well not a huge body of work um but a player that I don't know this this draft is going to have a jumper to in it, and it's going to be a later guy that we're not talking about. The kid from what is it, Central Florida? Uh, I, his name's escaping me at the moment. Or Florida International. Florida International is that it? Yeah, Florida. The dude, I think there's the name. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's, it's Florida International. It's not uh, not Central, yeah. but yeah, it, there's going to be a gem in this draft. I, I think if you're looking at one, if I was going to put my money on a guy that's outside the top five, um, it, it's Kyle Oletta for sure. Yeah, I think that, I think uh, round one's a little aggressive. I do think there's going to be a little bit of a run on quarterbacks in the, the start of this draft. I think some yeah. of the teams that they're talking about uh, as prospects for trading up or, or things like that are taking a quarterback. I think a lot of that smoke screen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think there's too much talent in this draft in the first round for these teams all have needs for them to, to jump on a guy like that that early. But I do think Luletta... Um, I haven't seen a lot of them, but I think, you know, with time, if he gets in the right type of situation, sits behind a, a good quarterback for a year or two, could come into the league and be, you know, a, a backup, a good backup at the least, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe even more than that uh, with accuracy that he presents. So I, I don't doubt that you're right there. Um, so we've talked about some of the draft QBs, the the chat room's firing off a little bit guys if you have questions for us we're going to be taking some questions here at the end we have some loaded up from earlier this week uh but while we're on the uh, topic of quarterbacks you and nate or you and eric took a look at aj mccarran in the film room so guys if you haven't gotten to check that out go to the cover one um youtube page go to the film room check that breakdown out i just watched it again today while i was cleaning up around the house uh it's great stuff because i think regardless who they draft, I think McCarron's going to get a chance to start this season. And, and so Bills fans want to go check that out. So what did you guys learn? You know, tell us a little bit about AJ McCarron uh, as you were breaking him down. Ballsy, um, you know, and uh, willing are the two words that I, uh, I sort of used when I walked away from that film review. He stands in there. Um, he'll take a, he'll take a hit and deliver football. Uh, doesn't have elite arm strength than our, uh, Guy that I think he's got a little bit better arm strength than, than Nathan Peterman does, um, but his his game is based around timing. I think he'll work well with Brian Dable. Obviously, they're both Alabama guys, um, so they're going to probably hit it off right off of that, anyways. Yeah. But I, I I learned some things about him. I, I I'm not high on him. I don't, but I think for the price tag, um, what you're getting for the price tag is a bargain considering that Sam Bradford got 20 million. Um, I feel much better about a $5 million AJ McCarron than I do about a $20 million uh, Sam Bradford. So I, I, I can say that for sure. Uh, but his deep ball is nice. The problem is the Bills don't have a deep ball guy. Yeah. Um, can he throw the back shoulder throw? I think he has shown some evidence that he can do that. So I think I think him and Kelvin Benjamin will have a good relationship to start the season at least. Yeah, I, I've seen him throw to guys that aren't open, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that fans were not happy with. They'll Tyron. be uh, welcome to see. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think that he could be – 
in that middle tier starting quarterbacks uh, in the league, I think that's a ceiling, right? Uh, ceiling for him is, is middle mediocre uh, starting quarterback in this league, which I'm fine with for a year if mm-hmm. needed. And if uh, say it's Josh Allen or whoever is a legitimate quarterback comes in and takes the job, I'm fine with them keeping AJ as a backup. I, I think yeah. that's a great position to be in uh, and that we would love to have that for this team. So again, if you guys haven't gotten to check that out, definitely go in uh, to the cover cover one YouTube page and, and check that out. Cause I thought I yeah, liked good. AJ McCarron a little bit more when the rumors and free agency were coming out that we were looking at him. I wasn't really interested in it, but after watching you guys review, I, I pumped the brakes a little bit. And, and yeah, I think the um, Peterman comparisons a little bit are nice that he's a, a veteran Peterman, which is what I wanted. I didn't want Peterman yeah. to get thrown into the spot. Like I think he needed the time. And I do still think Peterman can be a really good backup and have a long career as a solid backup in this league, which is not a bad thing, guys. Like that, that's I say it all make, the time. People look are, how much people, money Chase Daniels made doing that. I know it, it, it's people think all the time that when you say a guy is the ceiling or it could be a really good long term backup, that it's a bad thing. I mean, there's places in the league for people like that. It, it, it's not you're not backup hunter. You know, like it, they have roster spots for those guys and. And they and Nick Foles shows how valuable it is to have when you have a good one who's the Absolutely. backup. So I, I I don't know I I it's okay to be a backup in this league and it's not it's not uh, disrespectful or or whatever people want to say it is when you label a guy based on what he's done to think that he could be a good backup and maybe not a good starter in this league especially when you talk about a guy that don't have great arm strength. AJ McCarron right. is probably that guy. He's probably a long term backup, but he's going to get an opportunity to start and I think he's earned it at least to this point. Yeah, and he is a competitor, and he's won at every level uh, mm-hmm. up until yep. the NFL. So I'm had a great forward. season. His junior year, I think it was, yeah. where he threw 30 touchdowns, three picks, I think. So yeah, like he had a pretty darn good season too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I did hear that uh, Jerry Hughes talked to Andy Dolan, former college yeah. teammates, and Andy told them that you know this kid has the potential to be special. So that's encouraging to hear too. So not banking on it happening, but you know that would no. be a really nice. Uh, pleasant surprise if we had two good quarterbacks. Uh, I wouldn't be mad. It'd, it'd, be a nice, uh, it'd be a nice change from the normal, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, before we, we wrap this up tonight, uh, again, to some of the questions that we got during the week. So just so you guys know, we are going to be doing the shows weekly. So if you have questions throughout the week, hit us up. Uh, we'll get them into the show uh, when we can. We want to get fan interaction. So there's a couple questions coming in through the chat box. I'll get to those too. Um, so let's start with uh, Jeremy Stokesbury, who is a premium member here uh, with Cover One, and, and we'll get into that a little bit too because Eric's got a great deal running on the premium membership. We'll but we'll wrap that up uh, before we get out of here. But his question is question for the podcast: How will the offense look this year? Shady is still there, so it'll be run heavy, but I hope to expect to be better than thirty first passing. I also expect McCarron to be a better starter, and if the defense takes a step forward, are we looking at another playoff berth? Go ahead and you take that one, man. I think the defense should take a step forward. I need to see who's playing Mike um, and Will. But I think for the most part they should uh, – I'm sorry, Sam. It's going to be Mike and Sam. Will's going to be uh, – it's going to be Milano. But I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have a hard time putting together this team's going to take a step forward. They might. And, again, we might have to eat our words. But uh, as far as is, is what I'm thinking what their offense is going to look like, Man, um, it's kind of hard to tell because we don't exactly know what Dable wants to implement. I think what you're going to see a lot of is a lot of 21 personnel. I don't think you're going to see a lot of 11. They just don't have right now. They don't have the ability to go 10 and 11. They just don't have the wide receiver personnel. They don't have the, the player types. That could change after the draft, right. um, After you know, before training camp comes. But as of right now, I see them being a team that is going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, 
I totally agree. As far as the uh, far uh, more power concepts too, by the way, far more yeah. power, less Which, uh, less zone. Another uh, possible benefit for you know with Richie leaving for John Miller to be able to step in Good point. Uh, and, and get back into you know playing at a level that he was a couple of years ago, which would be a nice surprise as well uh, for the bills. But as far as uh, playoff berth, I I posted a question on my Twitter the other day about what are your expectations for this team? Um, Because the way I saw people reacting to the holes on the roster, like saying like freaking out that we haven't gotten a wide receiver, freaking out about middle linebacker. I wanted to know really what are, what is everybody's expectations of this team? Cause for me, it's not playoffs. They, as good as they were at times last year, they backed into the playoffs in the most, bizarre way uh that i could see yeah. and we were lucky to be there and now i'm happy that drought is off our back yeah. um but even if they're as good as they were a year ago i don't think that's good enough to get back to the playoffs again. i agree I, but I afc is bad but afc is bad and anything's possible uh they could back into the playoffs again but i don't think they got any better uh at least yet there's still yet. a lot of the roster to be right. filled Not out yet. So even if they meet the uh, what they played, the level that they played last year, I'm just not sure that that is going to be enough to do that two times in a row. I, I just wouldn't bank on that. Uh, Jeremy also had a follow-up question. Also, too early to consider Shaq Lawson. Is it too early to consider Shaq Lawson a bust? No. I get he was her year one, year two, was a new scheme. Uh, but I know you guys are film buffs. Uh, what are you seeing? He was supposed to take the step forward this year because it was the better scheme. He said it himself. Yeah. He's a better scheme fit. In um, better shape. Yep, and better shape and everything. And he's just not he's not dynamic. He doesn't have dynamic athleticism uh, to get after the passer. There's there's to me, there's no quick twitch. Yeah. Like you see with Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes is very quick twitch. Jerry, Jerry Hughes those, also gets so low to the ground. It's right. He is rare ability and rare get off. He just check uh, Austin's that he's a very good responsible run defender, but he is not in the lead pass rusher in this league. And do you think some of that though? Uh so like you said, run defender. What I saw when um Eric was doing breakdowns after games and everything like that, I know a lot of people were knocking Shaq, but what I saw was him keeping contained a lot. Do you think some of it was scheme allowing jerry to rush yeah. on one side and then making sure that Shaq just held down his spot and, and kept contained for because sure run defense third, wasn't good but he made it better but on third downs you know they were replacing lawson with lorenzo alexander towards the end of the year sure. and when he went out and then wasn't in towards the end of the season but like they were rushing lorenzo alexander instead that should tell you where they sort of feel he is in terms of a pass rusher yeah yeah so there you go lost, but like it's just uh, he has not lived up to what uh, everybody thought he was going to be coming out of college. That's for sure. Yeah, no, and I know for a while people were talking about him possibly being trade B. I don't see a trade value for him right now because even though he was drafted high, he hasn't lived up to that potential yet. Uh, maybe this year he can prove everybody year wrong. Year three, it's the big year. Yep, that'd be awesome for us, right? Um, we got Ryan Thomas at Thomas Takeover. Uh, if the Bills stay at twelfth overall and do not select a quarterback at twelve, who would you want them to take? Lamar Jackson. No, he said, "Do not." If, oh. they're, if they're if they're at twelve, a prospect that's not a quarterback, who do you want? Oh, okay. I thought he said they didn't trade up and they got a quarterback. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Mike McGlinchey at twelve. Really, I'm okay with him there. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with him there. Um, I think he's your right tackle, and you've got Deion Dawkins and Michael Glinchey. Boom, your two tackles, linchpin tackles. Uh, the other guy that I really like up there is that the Notre Dame homer in you a little, a little bit? bit, a little bit. All right. I've heard him coming up in, into the teens. I have. Yeah. Uh, he started out there in the twenties, maybe around two guy. And I heard this week of, of possibilities of him being in the teens. So it's not totally crazy. Um, Zaire Alexander's another guy. I'd be okay. be all about that. You corner, 
but I, it, Michael McGlinchey, I got a special place in my heart for him. So and Alexander visited with the Bills. I he, did. Yeah. he did. So uh, thing I like about him, he doesn't have a lot of. Uh, he didn't have a ton of experience. Uh, in college, but that dude has some of the most freakish athleticism freak. um, freak. I've seen. I love watching cornerbacks play. It's my favorite position to watch. Uh, that dude is a freak. Somebody's going to get a, a really nice talent yep. uh, there. So I don't disagree with that one. I mean, in a the perfect dream scenario for me, Roquan Smith falls to 12 because people run on quarterbacks and stuff. I think he's going to be one of the best players. I like Tremaine Edmonds, too. I like, I like uh, Edmonds a lot. I would take Edmonds at 12. I'm not as high on Edmonds as some people I've seen are. I, I think there's a lot more risk there I, than Roquan. People are taking a pass rusher, in yeah, my opinion. No, definitely. I agree. Uh, but people are talking about him over Roquan, which if that was the case, nah. Roquan may fall there. I know. It would be crazy. I mean, it would be crazy. Away. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of those linebackers would would fall to 12, possibly. And I would take either one of them. That Those would be my guys uh, at 12. So then our, our other question here is uh, from Jason at JMP Phil or JM Phil 88. Uh, I am, am I the only one who thinks Lamar Jackson kind of screwed himself by not hiring an agent? And as a result, he'll probably go behind the QBs that he's better than. You think so? I do. As much as I think it's an unpopular take, I think, um, what agents do outside of just negotiating contracts. Um, they make you available at all hours of the day to a team that wants to call and bring you in for a pro workout or for a uh, private workout. How many teams have you heard have been doing private workouts with Lamar Jackson? Right. Almost none. Cleveland's like the only team. There's been a lot of rumors that he's been difficult to get a hold of, that he's not returning people's calls. Um, on top of that, agents also, what they're supposed to do anyways is kind of help you when there's other people and there's rumors going around and they, they can put out good information about you or, you know, put out information about you that will whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there are things that, that, that agents do outside of just negotiate contracts that he's seeing uh, firsthand. Yeah. I'm torn on this one a little bit because I understand his reasoning for not doing it. Um, I think that possibly he could have hired a better PR Firm, not necessarily no an agent, put, yep. put together a PR firm for himself, a marketing company to brand himself a little bit better, like you're saying, and help put, you know dispel some of those rumors, right. etc. Um, I don't the the part of the question that I don't agree with here is as a result he will probably go behind QBs that he's better than. I don't I haven't really been seeing him mocked behind QBs that he's better than because I think he's right there with Rudolph. Uh, I'm seeing those top three to four guys mm-hmm. go. And then I, I think he's at four for me. And then I'm seeing him and, and Rudolph there. So I don't think that an agent would have had a Lamar Jackson ahead of a Darnold Mayfield or Rosen. Uh, would you agree? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. I, I just think what you lose sometimes, I, I just think there's a, there's a tendency these players are like, well, we only make, you know, that we have, we have slotted amounts of money. So why should they get five, 10% or whatever that they're getting? Um, but I think you look at guys and you wonder, he's a good example. And we're going to find out if more guys do this in the future. I would bet that they don't. If, if mm-hmm. I, and especially after what we saw with Richard Sherman, where it sort of seems like he didn't really fully understand the contract language, stuff like, like that's the stuff that you need them around for. These guys are, are, are paid to understand the, the contract language and what you need to fight for as a player. So I don't know. It, I don't think you're going to, I don't think it's going to be something that becomes in vogue. That's for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. I just don't know that it's hurting him to the point where I don't think it's going to hurt his draft stock. 
Yeah. I just think in terms of right now, I think that he's seeing what the value of an actual agent is. I don't sure. think it's going to – it's not going to make him a second-round pick. Let's put it that way. He's not going to be a second-round pick. If he's supposed to go in the first round, if he's a first-round grade, he's going to still yeah. go in the first round. And at the end of the day, all this extra fluff of draft, draft season definitely matters. I think the media pumps it up a little bit more than – you know they, they got to fill these time slots, paths of drafts on every night. you got to have something to fill time slots. You know in the radio you got to have things oh. uh, to, to talk about. Um, at the end of the day, film doesn't lie, and there's film on Jackson, and that's what he said. Look, if, yep. if you want to know my 40 time, just watch the film. Watch people try to catch me. Like <laughs> th- Those things aren't as big of a deal as I think they're being made out to be. But uh, uh, Game Toots TV here, who's in the chat room mm. going, he's got a bunch of questions firing up, but some of his first ones I caught and wrote down here. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing his question here, but late round running back, like day three guy, like Penny, who's your guy uh, to get in? to this running back room or even interested in a running back. In, in I, I mean, after Ivory um, and they bring back um, Taiwan Jones and they bring in Aaron Green, who had some uh, some flashes before he yeah, got injured in Green Bay. Yeah, so uh, I, I'll tell you what, I haven't really taken a, a very deep look into the running backs. I've really yeah. only been looking at linemen and quarterbacks um, throughout the process. I don't really know them past, like, Okay, Carryon Johnson is a guy that I really like. I don't know how high he's going to go. I I, I want to say something like Daniel Jeremiah today said he could be like a, he's as good as he's good enough to be in the first round, which I think is a little crazy. But if he if he went on a Saturday, Carryon Johnson could be a Lashawn McCoy type. Okay, I haven't seen much of him. Here's my thing about these running backs: is uh, obviously you're super top heavy with Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. um, but Just I think guys, yeah. yeah, those two are you're really top heavy in the draft. But I think these other guys are going to be affected by it being actually a really deep class uh, for good um, plug in running back by committee type running backs. So I think teams are going to be able to put off drafting these guys a little bit because there's so many of them yeah. that they can put them off in the Nick later Chubb's days. another really interesting guy. I don't know where he's going to go, but I really like his work ethic. I like what he brings. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I wonder who's going to be the, you know, Camara uh, this year. It's going to be Alvin Camara, the guy that not a lot of people talk about, but gets to the right offense and gets in the right scheme. That'll be interesting. I think that could be Sonny Michelle. I, I do. But, yeah. uh, you know, this 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 is a really loaded running back class for sure. It really is. A guy that I would like them taking kind of in the later rounds to the question is uh, Ballage from Arizona State, I believe it is. Uh, okay. He just seems to me like the kind of back that you can get late in the draft that would be a nice role behind Ivory and mm-hmm. Shady. Because I thought Taiwan Jones isn't running back. Uh, he's a special teamer. This kid can also play special teams, Ballage, so that he gives you that ability to, to put a yeah, roster that's, spot. That's, that's big for this regime, too. So. Yeah, and, and it's big for a guy that's going to be whatever, a fourth, fifth-round pick that you're going to bring in to be your third running back. He better be able to get on the field right. in special teams because he's not going to see the field that often. Right. But as far as the, the running backs that they brought in, I wouldn't mind if camp is full of running backs yeah. uh, because behind shady, I, I'm not sure what Chris Ivory brings at this point in his career. Uh, we don't know how cadets going to recover from his injury. We're not sure right. about green, not sure about really anybody after Ivory. We're not really that sure about Ivory. So uh, it's a long season. It's going to be a heavy run game team. Bring as many of these guys right. in so you can get a look at them in training camp because who knows uh, in, in whatever week, you're calling up guys that we didn't even hear about because there's a bunch of injuries. Every year, Sierra Wood, you know. Exactly. So bring in as many of them as you can. So I'm not opposed to them drafting a late-round guy. Um, Game Toots also asks, and this is a good question for you because you have your profile picture, is two of you kissing Josh Rosen. So um, 
not on the lips. It's just cheek. Just cheek. Uh, no, just cheek. no big deal. Just, just a flirty, flirty kiss. It's a flirty um, kiss. It's exactly right. Yeah, uh, Rosen's injury history. Does that scare you at all? No. It's often talked no. about. Um, it scares me in that he's had a few concussions. Uh, I worry about that a little bit. How many more is he going to be able to sustain? Um, other right. than that, he played against a pretty or played with a pretty poor offensive line, and we talked about um, him being behind a lot. They weren't a good running team. He was sort of a sitting duck. There's a couple of sacks I saw on film on Twitter the other day where he just got absolutely just blindsided from the front side because his offensive tackle just got absolutely worked. So I'm not that worried. I think if he gets behind a better offensive line, if he comes to Buffalo, he should. He, they, they better not play him until next year. They better not play him until there's a good offensive line in front of him. I don't want him out there getting killed. Yeah, one thing that really bothers me about Josh Rosen is the narrative that he's not tough. Because when I watch I his cutups, I, I I see him get hit a lot and a lot. like pretty hard hits. Concussions aren't a, a test of a man's toughness it happens jim kelly talked about uh playing through multiple games where he received multiple concussions in games and continued to play yeah uh wouldn't ever be allowed today so we don't know if rosen would play through that or not but um that is not a toughness thing to me when you watch rosen on tape the guy's Mm -hmm. a tough guy i agree there's there's a few throws where i saw him duck it out you know the guy's coming after him he kind of ducks out of the way but he took some hits man the guy is a tough guy uh and if anything i would say josh allen's uh, injury history from high school concerns me much more than Josh Rosen's. He had like a massive shoulder injury. It was like broken collarbone, broken in five spots, multiple screws put into the shoulder. That's the kind of thing that as you age cold weather, like yep. those are, those are the injuries that we wake up in the morning. That thing is hurting and it never goes away. Uh, so that mm-hmm. is an injury that scares me much more than, than Rosen's obviously concussions, only multiply yep. and build, so that that is a, a worry. But somebody says here, I don't want Rogen, Rosen too fragile. I just I don't see it. I don't see that. Uh, Neither do I. Um, as a fragile guy, he had he story. had the concussions and then he had the shoulder injury in sophomore season. Right. Uh, but again, just Connor McDermott was his best offensive lineman. He's on our practice squad. Right. So take that for what you will. Absolutely. So uh, I think that's pretty much it here for questions. We're going to be back next week. So if you had any questions that I didn't get to, don't hesitate to come on back. We'll, we'll try to get to all the questions here. We want to keep the show, you know, in the hour parameter here. So we're going to wrap up. What do you got coming for content uh, up this week, man? Well, um, I've got a lot uh, towards the end of the week here. That's probably going to, a lot of it's probably going to get pushed to early next week. Um, But I do have, I will have my quarterback, my first quarterback rankings out. Um, if I don't get him this week, they'll be out early next week. Uh, I have a wide receiver piece that I'd like to get out tomorrow. Uh, if I can find the time tonight to finish her up. Um, and then, uh, not only on top of that, I have my Baker Mayfield piece up at WGR. You can catch, that'll be probably up either Friday or Saturday this weekend. Uh, so I have a lot because sale was out this week. So I was filling in for sale, doing some website stuff. So, um, it was a busy week, but it, it's once we get down to it here, um, it, every day starts to become busy and you start to wish there were more hours in the day, but uh, a lot of stuff coming up, obviously the, where you want to be is up at cover one.net where um, the team we have right now are just cranking out article after article. Um, it's a great draft resource. If you're doing mock drafts with your buddies and you want a list of prospects, just go to cover one.net because that's all up there. 
Uh, they've got 40 times. They've got broad jumps. They got they got everything up on the website. It's uh, completely transformed into a really legitimate website, one-stop shop for draft stuff. Not only that, but uh, you can download the app too, which uh, I would suggest doing. Uh, is if, if you don't have it right now, look, at I got my phone right here. All you got to do is go to the app store, cover one, the app, download it. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the team at cover one right now is doing a ton of great stuff. Uh, we got a, expanding on the team all the time, bringing in new guys. Uh, like Nate said, the draft tracker is up there. It's right on the homepage. So you can search uh, through guys. And when you click on their names, you can get their scouting reports if they're available, things like that. Which so is awesome. It's yeah. super awesome. Uh, a lot of scattering reports coming out almost daily, multiple scattering reports on different guys coming out. So as we get closer to the draft, expect more of that. Uh, whenever somebody visits with the Bills, Eric's updating that uh, scout profile, really. I don't know how the guy does it. He's, he's always in the film room. But uh, like he just updated Dante Jackson with uh, the Old Miss scheme, uh, Florida and Old Miss. I'm single. I don't know how Eric does it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure either. But I don't uh, know. I think he, I, he, there's a good chance that Eric doesn't sleep. I I told him that the other day. I said, I'm pretty I, sure does he sleep? Not. Do you think? I'm pretty sure he doesn't sleep. If I had to go with the uh, over under, I said it's under five hours of sleep uh, a day. I'm taking the under all yeah. day. <laughs> taking the under all day. Um, I think uh, so. Anyway, there's a ton of content up there, and if you are interested uh, in premium subscription, which gets you access to all the content, and the goods, it's, man. it's yeah. really the goods. And there's a lot of the breakdowns are going over there. The the quarterback breakdowns are all over there, and it's only right now he's doing it for ten dollars on the the third tier membership. Ten dollars you get it for the whole year, so that's throughout the season. If you know what Eric and Nate do during the season, you know that's a great deal. Right now, people are selling draft guides for twenty five, thirty bucks for a few hundred pages. Ages of guys that aren't always related to the Bills. This is going to be uh, geared towards Bills and draft, uh, the upcoming draft the next year. So scouting reports galore. It's a great deal. I'm not sure how long Eric's running that for. So if you're interested in the premium subscription, now's the time to get over there and just and pop in 10 bucks and you got it for the year. You don't have to worry about it. So uh, definitely worth grabbing the app because you get the notifications when we're yep. coming out, you know, when new content's coming out. Um, so I'm excited to be a part of this team. I'm glad we brought this podcast back. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the opening, go find us on iTunes, wherever you find podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe. Give us a, a review because we're getting this thing back started again. Uh, they got the Cover One podcast. That just talks about draft. We're all about the Bills, guys. Uh, we're going to be bringing you content every week and, and guiding you into the season. So, uh, as always, you know, for Cover One with Nate Geary, I'm Aaron Quinn. Thanks so much for coming out, guys, and we'll see you next week.